Welcome to the Art Life Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Roger Lowther. This is the show where we bring conversations and stories we've been having here in Japan and report them back to you, the listener, so that you too can join in the conversation from a distance. This is a chance for you to see and hear a little of what God is doing here in Japan. Well, leading into this summer, 2023, we've been flooding our hopes and dreams and plans with prayer. We were praying for two things. One, for God to open the hearts of the Japanese to be willing to meet in community again after a long period of isolation from COVID. And two, for God to use the energy and enthusiasm of five interns who were planning to come and join our team this summer from the U.S. to spread the gospel to non-Christians. And we've seen both happen. Man, we've seen both happen in spades. Okay, in order to tell you one of these stories, I need to jump back a few years. From early on in the life of Grace City Church Tokyo, the church that we've helped start in 2010, we've had a gospel choir. The choir made up of Japanese people was a way to gather people and build relationships. And through it, we had a chance to give not only a a taste of Christian community, but to really look in depth at the gospel every week through words that were being sung. The lyrics were, of course, themes in scripture taken directly from the Bible. And it also filled a felt need that Japanese people love to sing. Then in 2011, we had a terrible earthquake. And this choir played an important role in bringing hope and healing to people in the disaster area during a very dark time. One of the men in this choir, who, for the sake of this podcast, I'll call Suzuki-san, supported the relief work and ended up joining the choir. And over the years, this choir continued. And he sang not only in various places around the city, but also in worship services at our church. And through those experiences, Suzuki-san and his family experienced Christian worship for the first time. And they continued to experience Christian worship for many years to come. Okay, so moving the story along, Suzuki-san has a daughter. And for the sake of this podcast, I'll call Miki-san. Now, Miki-san's a dancer. And one Friday evening at an Art Life Faith event we held, one of our summer interns, Gardner, danced. Another intern, Faith, played the piano and accompanied her. Man, it was a great event. I really wish you all could have been there. But especially because of the extended fellowship time that we had afterward. So we were able to connect in really deep ways with the people who came. Well, it was at that event that Gardner, Faith, and Mickey's son all met for the first time. They, They hit it off immediately. They're all the same age. They're all same year in college. And they're all artists. Over the days and weeks ahead, their relationship only continued to grow. And so did Mickey-san's relationship with God. That following week, Mickey-san came to worship and watched as Gardner danced for the offertory and Faith played on the keyboard. It was a great rendition of Mary, Jesus' mother, responding to the call of God. And Mickey-san was moved to tears because she felt that very same pull in her own life. Afterward, she told Gardner, you know, every time I'm around Christians, I feel God calling me. 
And every time I read the Bible, I feel God pulling me toward him. Well, during that following week, Mickey's son was studying the Bible with the interns and prayed with them. And then God led her one step further. She said she wanted to be washed with that Christian water. She wanted to be baptized. And that following Sunday, she met with the pastor and an elder to share why she wanted to be baptized. She shared how God had been slowly working in her life and her heart for all these years, ever since she started coming to worship services to hear her father sing in the choir. My wife, Abby, asked Mickey Sun's mother how she felt about the baptism. And she responded, Injanai, which means, sure, why not? She was happy for her daughter, for the joy and community she had found. And she also said she was happy that her daughter was free to make this kind of decision, that she wasn't bound by the usual Japanese traditions to care for the family altar. I had dinner with Mickey Sun's father just a few days later, just to make sure things were okay. <laughs> you know, I definitely didn't want to do anything that hurt our relationship or, or caused some kind of rift in the family. And he made it clear that although he wasn't interested in himself becoming a Christian, and that he thought the idea of baptism was way too exclusive, but that he supported his daughter. If this is what she wanted, he was okay with it. So, Mickey's son joined the baptism class, and a couple of months later, just this past month, she was baptized. The service was pretty exciting. In fact, this whole story to me is really exciting. I mean, don't you see the difference that prayer makes? God responded in ways so far beyond what we asked or hoped for. You know, there's another piece to the story that I'd like to share with you. You know, this whole summer, a symbol of prayer had been following us to all of our events. Our Japanese intern, Mayuko Shono, designed a collaborative arts project for a church that was inviting me to come speak in their global missions conference. She instructed the people to tear pieces of origami paper, representing brokenness, and prayerfully lay each one down to make three very colorful panels of Mount Fuji and Jesus carrying the cross up that mountain. Hundreds participated in the work, and then the panels were displayed in the lobby for many weeks to encourage people to continue to pray. But it was still not finished. Then, when the panels were sent to Japan, we symbolically built on this visible foundation of prayer. We ripped pieces of pink origami paper and glued them on what seemed to be a dead cherry tree. Through person after person, event after event, the tree blossomed and bloomed and grew as a visual reminder of the fruit of prayer. We plan to continue to display these panels this fall and add birds representing life and freedom and abundance. On each of the pieces of paper, people wrote short messages, notes of encouragement, short prayers, words of scripture. It's a living piece of art as it continues to grow and expand with the participation of each new person. You know, so people ask me all the time, what is the role of the arts in missions? Well, I hope that through this one story, you get a brief glimpse of an answer. Gospel music, dance, an art collaborative piece. All of these things help to bring one young woman to faith 
and spread the gospel to many, many more. For the rest of this episode, I'd like to share with you a conversation I had at one of these events where the interns were performing. I sat down with Christopher, an artist who lives in Berlin. He happened to be in Japan for the day to lead a multi-day workshop at Gallery Nani, an art gallery in Nagoya run by our teammates, Peter and Diane Bakelar. And here's our conversation. We're sitting here live in Tokyo at the IQ Cafe in this really chic space overlooking a busy intersection in Shibuya, one of the coolest parts of Tokyo. And tonight we had a performance of a dancer and a pianist, and they shared their testimony to an audience that is, there's Christians in the audience, but there are a lot of non-Christians in the audience as well. And they're in the other room still talking and discussing various questions that have been prepared for them. And I'm sitting here with Christopher, who is visiting from Berlin. Mm -hmm. And so I thought we'd talk first a little bit about this event, Mm -hmm. because it was kind of a cool event, wasn't it? Yeah, it really had an energy to it, I would say. Yeah, it did, didn't it? It was just like people were really drawn into what was going on. I mean, it wasn't a large space, but I Mm -hmm. guess there was like, I don't know, 100 people maybe, Mm -hmm. but I guess. And we're all sitting around tables, about six or seven per table. And now people are talking and kind of building community around those tables and art kind of just brought down a lot of walls. I mean, a lot of the people didn't know each other before this event. Mm-hmm. So just one more example of arts can kind of bring people together. But uh, I don't know, what did you think about the performance itself? Um, I thought it was, again, an example of oftentimes that you think some type of event of this nature of a performance with a piano player as well as a, a dancer that they need these large spaces um, that it really needs to be at a certain level in order for it to, to impact people and um, as you described Roger it was really an intimate space and I think um, oftentimes having those intimate spaces actually create opportunities for for relationship for connection because it's not that distance between stage and audience it actually becomes one and I was able to see that with the, the dancer was right there interacting with the audience and the audience mm-hmm. was able to feel that they were connecting with the, the dancer, which actually enables opportunity for, for communion, for, for community yeah, with one another. Definitely. It felt like that. It was not just watching a performance, like sitting back, but it was yeah. like we were all engaged with them. It's, it's some, yeah, it's something where you cannot not engage with it because it's so much in your face and not in a way that is threatening, but in a way that is actually intimate and inviting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eyes kept getting distracted too by the wall of windows behind mm-hmm. them and just looking out and seeing the train kept going by mm-hmm. on the Yamanote line, which mm-hmm. kind of goes through all around downtown Tokyo and all the people walking out on the intersection. I was just like, this is so cool that we're here and we are talking about Christ mm-hmm. in this environment, downtown Tokyo. You know, this isn't, a church space really it's like a we're in this tall building and it's uh it uses an office during the week that kind of struck me you know it wasn't like we didn't have to separate out christianity or our faith from the city or from the workplace or something like that but this is happening right here in this community i mean that's what you so see by so many different spaces is uh, this dichotomy you know, well, mm. this is the place that I go for church, and this is the place that I go to hang out with my friends, and this is the space that I might go for some type of artistic event or some type of cultural event. And, you know, I really believe that we're made to be holistic humans. Um, and actually, we're wearing all these different hats, and we're going to these different spaces. And at the same time, we're like, but, but why can't it all be 
brought together? Why can it yeah. all be holistic the way that I've made been made to be? Definitely, it's so beautiful seeing that. That's a really good segue into who you are. Yeah. Like our listening audience is probably kind of curious about that. So you you live in Berlin. I do. What what do you do there? Um, been in Berlin for almost eighteen years now, uh, and we run a cultural center. And the idea of the cultural center is to bring together the business and the art as well as the social sector into one place. Um, and it's important to be able to see culture holistically. And it actually relates to my story as far as where it even, or why it even came to be. Well, what it, practically does that look like, business and art and social work? And yeah. um, well, uh, for me, is that aspect of that holistic living that you were talking about, mm-hmm. I always, struggle to figuring out, well, where do I belong in culture? Um, I, there's an artistic side where I really enjoyed um, going to museums. I did some drawing classes, but on the other side, I, I have a degree in psychology and uh, sociology and communication, worked as a social worker, and so I have a passion for, for social work and things that are going on there, but um, have a job, um, just like anyone else, and work you know, for a living, and um, I'm involved in the, in the business world, and always felt like I had to choose, and everyone wanted to be a different person in those different places Mm -hmm. Um, but realizing that as I allowed one of those sides to die either my creative artistic side or my heart for people and for caring and for um, yeah society um, felt that I was more pleasing others than I was actually being able to to live um, where I was and so as I told my story to other people um, realized that a lot of people were feeling that way Um, and so the question was and what does it mean and what is it look like to create a space where you don't have to choose who I'm supposed to be in a particular place that I can actually be in a space where I can be creative and at the same time I can do my job Mm -hmm. or at the same time I can be having an evening discussion um, looking at um, breast cancer because I have a friend that is struggling with it um, and have an exhibit in our gallery so right now is a great example um, as far as how that comes together we just had an opening in our gallery this past Friday um, and in the gallery, it's looking at um, breast cancer awareness. And there, we invited an artist from Austria um, and a dancer uh, from Morocco, uh, whom the photographer uh, photographed. Um, she was diagnosed with um, uh, uh, breast cancer at 29. Mm. And it had a huge impact on her. And the photographer wanted to photograph because of um, the, the dance um, that she does. Uh, she's a professional dancer. And in the end, there's an exhibit um, of this photographer's work, photography, uh, black and white, of this uh, woman uh, doing dance, but at the same time addressing the topic of breast cancer. Now, just as an end there, it's actually taking place in this space in which people from our shared office space who actually you know, rent uh, desks and offices are able to come to a vernissage. They're able to encounter artwork that's absolutely beautiful photography. In the evening of the opening, we also had a dance performance mm. that normally that they wouldn't go particularly to a gallery, but since it's in the same space, they're able to encounter art. Right. But simultaneously, it's, it's discussing a social topic that so many people are affected by in regards to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. 
And so there's these professional people that have businesses that are involved in that, that are able to experience the beauty of art and photography without leaving the space with people who are, who come from in from the neighborhood for the vernissage, who are interested in artistic and, and, and uh, creative things. And at the same time, those who are interested in social topics who might be struggling themselves with breast cancer come to the exhibit. So it's bringing people together that normally wouldn't interact and engage with one another, but they all have a passion and an interest or some type of connection to what's going on. And so we need to be thinking holistically of not how do we quote unquote reach or how do we connect or how do we engage with one particular audience? How are we thinking holistically mm-hmm. of what connects our hearts and it's our stories that connect us and how do we create the place for those stories to be able to be shared as well as to be able to be heard? Yeah, that's really important to create that space mm-hmm. so those discussions can take place and bring those people together. Now I wanted to ask you, why are you in Japan today? Like, what? Well, what are you doing here? What, what am I doing here? That's a good question. Um, yeah, uh, four years ago, I was able to speak at a conference, um, and um, it was a great opportunity for me to connect um, with the Japanese culture, um, as well as uh, um, Community Arts Tokyo, mm-hmm. um, and meet uh, some people and build relationships. And uh, I had a whole new perspective and experience of being able to be here. And uh, part of my heart just grew in love um, with the city of Tokyo, as well as the, the people that are here. Um, and also, at that yeah, I should add that in there. So, yeah, Chris, Christopher came and he spoke in one of our conferences a number of years ago yeah. and it was a great hit. <laughs> and uh, after that, was led a, led a, dis- a discussion yeah. with a lot of people and then made friendships through that, which mm. now... And we even had dinner with one of them last night. Yeah, right? it was I amazing mean, reconnecting with him. Like yeah, years yeah. later, you still have kept those relationships yeah. going. And today, um, uh, someone actually moved to the, uh, Berlin after the conference and actually worked at our cultural center for a year and a half volunteering. And he moved back to Tokyo and was able to have lunch with him yesterday as well. So it's amazing awesome. as far as that importance of creating that space that the conference did and to be able to connect with one another mm-hmm. um, and so I'm now headed down to Nagoya um, starting uh, on Saturday and I'm leading a workshop um, that's looking at the restoration of Shalom um, it's our longing for beauty our longing for community um, and our longing for identity and it's um, unpacking what is that longing for beauty what does it really mean and, 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 and beauty is not just art <laughs> um, I like to break down beauty into three different aspects you have um, yeah created beauty which means in regards to artwork it could be a table it could be um, an excel sheet actually there i mean my wife does finances and she thinks like excel sheets are the most beautiful things that ever were created <laughs> um, but it also is creation not when i make them. yeah exactly <laughs> but also creation in regards to nature um, but it, there also is the third type of beauty which i define as or that I look at as far as the way that we love one another there's a moral mm. and ethical beauty that actually brings us hope mm-hmm. um, but then you know our longing for identity that we all want to be known but where does our identity come from um, how do we live our identity out and our identity is not found in the roles that are given to us but our, the roles that we have actually enable us to live out the identity that's given to us and lastly the aspect of community um, and um, yeah and I know that's the hard, so you're going down Peter and Diane Bakelar run Gallery Nani yeah, down yeah, in yeah, where, you're, where you're doing this event and community is totally behind everything that they're doing yeah. down there they've made thousands of relationships with the community they're so trusted there and want to keep encouraging these kinds of discussions that mm-hmm. you're talking about yeah. 
So tell me more though, how does, what does that look like in terms of, I don't know, this is a multi-day correct thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And so kind of what, what is the takeaway that you're hoping for after this? Um, one of the expressions I use is that personal renewal leads to cultural renewal. Um, and oftentimes we're always told to go out, you know, it's like, we need to focus on cultural renewal. We need to go out there and, and seek, you know, all things new. Um, but the reality is, is do we have an understanding of what these things mean to ourselves? And so the workshop is actually a series of roundtable discussions in regards to beauty or what does it even mean to engage? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. One thing you brought up tonight was in regards to collaboration as well. Mm -hmm. um, what does collaborate even mean? Um, a word that we um, oftentimes um, in uh, Christian circles is commission. What is commission? And so it's helping us to have a better understanding of what are these things that we're called to um, and not just in a language that we might read in theological terms or language that we might use in biblical terms, uh, but really what does it mean and for me to understand this, not in the sense of my head, because <laughs> mm -hmm. we have a lot of head knowledge, but head mm -hmm. knowledge is not actually what changes culture. <laughs> um, head knowledge is right. not actually even what changes us. <laughs> we get frustrated all the time when right. we get in a difficult or challenging situation. We're like, I know what I'm supposed to believe. I know what I'm supposed to do. But the reality is we wrestle because we're still disappointed that's not happening. Um, but the point of you know, these workshops is, okay, what does it mean to take this information from our head and actually to have it trickle down to our heart, that our hearts are renewed, that I have a renewal in what beauty means to me in the way that I see it, mm -hmm. that I have a renewal in my heart, not just as far as what I'm told what my identity is, quote unquote, in Christ, we can use these words and throw them around either in, in stories that we share, but what does that mean to me personally mm -hmm. um, and not just in words? Um, and then lastly, we talk about the importance of community, but do we really recognize as far as the sacrifice that c community has, but the importance and the role that it plays um, mm -hmm. in our lives? So basically helping people see what it looks like to live it out, yeah. right? Rather than just talking about the concepts, but like, yeah. And also to do it holistically of, yeah, there are gonna be roundtable discussions that do in some ways involve your head, but it's involving mm -hmm. the head, heart, and hands in the sense of allowing a place for personal connection for our heart stories to come out and not just head knowledge to come out. And then secondly, it's actually going and actually doing practical hands-on things um, in the city of Nagoya and C2 um, and, and going to observe things. We will be going to some art galleries, but at the same time we'll be in involving and engaging in social work projects of, mm -hmm. of, of not just talking about it, but here we're gonna help out in a social work project in Nagoya when we're talking about community and the importance that it is to serve. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know watching you teach in the past, just you have a real heart for connecting with people. Like that's really what it's about. And you're, you're telling me how, yeah, you would work through like what you were going to say, but now that you've done it a hundred times, you kind of, <laughs> you can really pour into the people and like, what are they needing? What are they thinking? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, build those relationships between people. You know? Yeah. And that's where, um, you know, I've done these workshops uh, hundreds of times now and mm -hmm. I still love giving them because it's always new people and it's new stories. Mm -hmm. And one of the aspects is that how much I grow, <laughs> I, it can kind of even be selfish. It's like every time that I leave the workshop, I grow as a person because I hear a new story. I, I understand beauty in new ways. And actually, I love that oftentimes in our culture, we say that, oh, I need time by myself in order to discover more who I am. I've discovered more who I am through being in community and hearing other people's stories and seeing other people's brokenness in mm -hmm. my own brokenness, but the beauty that comes through that. 
And so it's really how do we continue to create those spaces for that to occur? Yeah, I think that's an especially important message here in Japan. And we're still trying to crawl out of this hole of COVID and mm. people are like, oh, you know what? Maybe we just don't need community anymore. We can yeah. just, you know, meet online once in a while, send some messages to people, but we <laughs> don't need to be gathering. But yeah. you just can't get any of the things that you're talking about yeah. or like tonight, the yeah. the intimacy that we felt, the um, the power of that. It can't be done online. You have to be there in person. Well, and how many of these people quite possibly got invited through someone else and were right. able to experience this beautiful performance who might not ever go to a performance mm -hmm. and they might actually mm -hmm. then learn of like, wait, I never thought that I enjoyed classical dance. And, and now I'm learning something new about myself. And then they're actually being exposed to a greater beauty that they yeah. didn't even know. And so they're understanding more of the fullness of beauty and all beauty <laughs> actually reflects God. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we better end there so we can go back out and talk yeah. to more people. Awesome. But, but thank you, Christopher, hey, for no problem, Roger. connecting with me. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Right, take care. This is Roger Lowther, and you've been listening to the Art Life Faith Podcast. As we say in Japan, Ja, mata ne. See you next time.